and welcome to another Win Daily Show. My name is Michael Raziel, and my incredible, illustrious, I don't know if illustrious is the right word, maybe we'll roll with it. My illustrious guest today, Kalen Jones, he is a staff writer at The Ringer, newly uh, newly minted staff writer at The Ringer, so very excited to talk about that a little bit, but Kalen, thanks for, uh, thanks for hanging out with me today, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, Michael. I appreciate it. I'll take illustrious. That's probably the best descriptor I've heard in a long so <laughs> love it. Man. Yeah, I'm not the best at um not the best at words, but every once in a while something pops in my head and there's nothing I can do about it. So we'll roll with it, man. But no, very excited to talk that to you, like Galen. Sports writing in general. <laughs> <laughs> Very excited to talk to you, man. You have so much stuff on your, you, you know, your resume in only a few short years, what you've done, some of the places that you've worked. Uh, so very excited to get to chat with you. But Kaylin, as I told you before, the first question for everybody on the Win Daily Show is, what are you making sure, how are you making sure that you are winning every single day? Um, I mean, like, it's kind of like my personal philosophy, you know, just be good to people for the sake of being good, you know, not to get something back. It's just, you know, put you know the best energy out to the world you know do what you can to be kind to people um and be considerate of others i think you know that's kind of always how i've tried to live my life and you know it's cool when stuff kind of falls into your lap and things go right um when you kind of maintain that philosophy that's not why you do it but you know just trying to do the right thing and treat people with respect and it you know kind of it comes back it but, always you know, does i'm do the right thing I'm of that mindset as well, man, like give without the expectation of anything in return and you will most likely get something in return. So there's that kind of like little paradoxical part of it. But if you're just trying to be a good person, be a good person. And, and, you know, as long as you are, it's going to come back to you in some way. I'm a big karma guy. So uh, I'm totally on board with you on that one, man. (laughs) Totally on board with you on that one. So uh, you've been, it seems like for a long time you were working up to a career in sports media in some capacity. I saw some of the stuff you did in high school. Um, obviously, a lot of the stuff we'll talk about while you were at Arizona State, the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism, not to brag. Um, what is it about sports media that really tried that that you've just loved to be a part of and have wanted to be a part of for so long? Um, so, you know, like growing up, I, I'm the oldest of three. So um, my older siblings, if you will, were my older cousins um, and my two closest in age, Benjamin and Nathaniel, like they were, you know, my idols, they were athletes. They were top athletes within our city. They were like the best on both their high school teams and even their peewee teams growing up. So um, I remember growing up and like sitting in their room, watching them play Madden. I would literally just sit there and watch them for hours. I would take in football games with them, root for them voraciously, you know, growing up. So um, that that's where my passion for sports really, you know, started. But I also wasn't as big as them. so like <laughs> like I, I was never going to be you know I'm not even five ten whatever one eighty I think is what Ben is like and I'm like five six one thirty so <laughs> just like I, I knew I wasn't ever going to be an athlete just based off my stature but you know like that being said like growing up um, I definitely liked poetry I liked I gravitated towards writing I think that was always like one of my stronger skill sets um, in school so. You know, by high school, I realized, hey, why not merge the two together? You know, I'm obsessive with, over sports, and I'm pretty decent at writing, and it seemed fun. So that's what's landed me here 10 years later, essentially. <laughs> and you just kept um, you just kept going with it, too. And I, I totally know what you mean. It seems like we uh, we might be the same stature, uh, you know, that 5'6", five, 5'7", five, not too, too big. So it seems like we're both on the same page there <laughs> since we're now having this conversation only a few years later. But I guess, you know, with that, it's – 
you know, writing, writing about sports, it's um, everybody, right? Like everybody at some point is like, yeah, it would be so cool. You know, get to talk about sports. Like, that's awesome. Now that you're in it, like how, at what point did you decide like, Hey, not only do I want to do this because it seems like fun. Like this seems like a career path. This seems like something I can do to make money and make a name for myself, be something, be somebody. Because again, Everybody, I, I don't know a single person at one point in their life that didn't be like, you know, it'd be kind of cool to do that. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, early on, definitely when I first started doing it in high school, I think that's when I personally thought, you know, like, hey, if I put my mind to it, I can, you know, become something. And honestly, like, you, you never really believe it. And even, in, I guess, like fully, I guess, like there, there's not expectation. I'll say that. Like, you, I've always had faith that I could you know, make, you know, carve out a living within sports media. Um, I, you know, like I, I definitely thought I would take a different path for sure. Um, but, you know, like that being said, like I've always maintained like some type of personal belief that, you know, I could, you know, get my name out there, you know, become like, you know, a, a face that people recognize or something like that. So uh, I think that maybe that, you know, ignorance to, you know, the path and structure of how sports media is laid out and what it takes to actually get there. Um, you know, that that definitely helped, <laughs> like not knowing how it worked and then even understanding how it worked. Um, it's definitely changed my perception of it a little bit. Um, there's definitely still like a little bit of self-belief, but uh, maybe not as naive, like the naivete is gone. <laughs> mm -hmm. Hopefully, uh, I mean, ignorance is bliss, man. I know it's not like the best way it to is. live your life, but sometimes it's a little bit easier <laughs> uh, for being honest. So just kind of once you're too deep into something like that, it's kind of difficult to turn back around. And, and, you know, talking about, again, going to Arizona State, going to one of the, you know, better journalisms, if not one of the best journalism schools in the nation. With that in mind, like during that time, again, you, you did a lot of different stuff. It's just a couple of places. You worked at MLB, you worked at ESPN, you, SB Nation for a couple of years, 247 Sports. So during that time, when everyone else is partying, everyone else is having a blast and you have like 18 jobs, was that ever a deterrent for you in, in like seeing like, okay, like sports are on, that means I have to work. It's not, you know, hey, it's Sunday. So Mike and his friends are going to sit down drink beer and eat chicken wings it's no kalen is working he's doing his job and he has to be always up always on did during college i'm sure that hit you pretty hard did was that ever a deterrent for you to get into sports media or was it something that you just said you know hey if this is what it is this is what it is um a little bit of both like for sure i, I still remember like you know I, I had to be like a junior or senior you know when everyone else is going to the bars and drinking and stuff like that like absolutely there were the moments where I was like, man, I'm missing out on living life because of, you know, covering sports. So you're missing out even um, when I, you know, miss like Thanksgiving. And um, I think I, I didn't miss Christmas. I don't think I ever missed Christmas um, during college. But even last year, like missing Christmas for the first time in my life back home, like it was super strange. So, yeah, like there's definitely that weird, um, like numbing type feeling like, understanding that you're going to miss out but like that being said like in college i i figured out how to make it work like i definitely balanced the two like <laughs> for for what it's worth i definitely got some partying done in college but you know like it was also grind mode like i understood like you know work hard play hard um for for as hard as you know like i may be partied like i definitely you know, was busting my ass you know for hopefully we can say that but um <laughs> like i definitely work hard and like additionally to have like you know, I got a job on campus too. Um, in addition to, you know, all the other 
um, sports reporting and sports stuff that I was doing. But I understood, like, again, like, I saw the potential that, you know, this could become like a long-term career. Like I wanted something out of this. And I, I remember like we had one class, I think my junior or senior year um, with uh, Brad Sesma who runs like um, sports 360 AD. Um, and he told, first thing he told the class was a hundred people in the lecture hall, uh, all sports media students. And he said straight up, like maybe five of you out of this hundred are going to go somewhere. And it deterred a lot of people. Like a lot of people were grumbling after the class. Like, how could he say that? But the reality of it was, like, I, you know, I knew it was a freshman. Like, hey, the 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 chances of everyone in this class, which you know, I'm rooting for everybody, but the chances are of all of us succeeding where we want to be is very very slim. And I think if you have that mentality and that self belief to be that person or be one of those people or even come close to it, then I think it's possibly enough like it's going to help propel you to get to that point so um it definitely like that rude awakening i guess so to speak of you know sports being you know this job being your life like i definitely had that awakening but again like that self-belief and understanding of what it is and wanting it you know um definitely has helped you know overcome any like idea of saying hey maybe this isn't for me or um dropping out of it completely and how like i guess why do you why do you want it so bad? Like, why why are you okay with, for lack of a better term, like, again, you, you, as you said before, you know, it's the first time you miss mm -hmm. Christmas. Like, Christmas is my favorite, you know, my second favorite day right after my yeah. birthday, right? Like, so if I miss that with my family, like, that's kind of a drag. Um, and understanding, like, that is going to be part of the game for you. Knowing that side of it, what is it still about this career that makes you understand or, or comfortable with hey you know sometimes i'm gonna miss christmas but the other 364 days of the year are gonna be pretty awesome yeah yeah i mean like that that's that was definitely a hard pill to swallow because i think maybe it's a little bit easier for me right now because um i'm moving back to la so i'll be around my family for christmas and that'll be nice but at the same time like um it was rough I, i'm not even gonna yes on that like that it, it, it's hard to stomach i don't know if i've really come to terms with that like it's really hard especially when i'm so young you know while you know being frank like having family members you know being older and getting an age and not being around the same people as you might have used to when you were younger it's definitely it it sucked <laughs> it really sucked like not being around for christmas last year so i don't know if i've ever come to terms with you know, the fact that sports might be the reason for me missing out on family events and being around people and missing out on stuff like that. Like, you know, even like the fact, you know, I, I, uh, I, I know I've asked like a few sports writers, like who, you know, are married, like, what is it like, you know, trying to raise kids, you know, was it like having a wife? Like, how do you date? Like all of that stuff, you know, it's, you literally have to put your life not on pause, but you have to somehow find a way for them to merge together. And like, especially for me, like I'm personally, I'm someone who values like, like not just, you know, sports, but extra just living life. Like I, there's different things that I value. So I don't know if I'm, I'll ever be okay with it. You know, like I'm very much a sentimental human being, like, um, you know, family means a lot to me, friends mean a lot to me. So, um, but you know, like I don't, I'll never be okay with it, but you know, I, I understand what it is. You know, mm -hmm. if that makes sense, like I'm yeah. not okay with it, but I understand this is what I signed up for. 
Yeah. And, and again, at least you love what you do, right? Like that's super helpful. It's not like you're doing something that you hate every day and missing your family and yeah. not being able to, you know, spend time with your, your, your kids um, when, if you ever have them kind of thing. So I think that part's pretty important yeah. too. Uh, it's super helpful. Again, you get to talk about the NFL. There's a lot of people that again would pay to have that job and instead you're getting paid for it. So it's always nice to kind of just see uh, both sides of that because i think it is very important for people to understand it's like yeah this looks like a great job but you know when you are every single saturday and sunday and friday grinding put in the time writing those articles doing what you need to do uh, it gets difficult right and i i think it's it's good for people to understand that and again you've been doing this for a while as i said before at arizona state again just to i mean if we're going to name a drop it, we might as well name drop it walter cronkite school of journalism no big deal <laughs> i think it's really important again you had so many of those jobs and i think that's a huge reason and and you know you you tell me if i'm wrong but right out of school you got a job with the mlb and only a couple months later from that you you ended up getting a job with sports illustrated as well so you're already kind of starting at the top of this mountain what were those first two jobs like especially coming right out of school and now there's no there's no studying there's no kind of partying as we were talking about before kind of distracting yeah. now it's just all right like this is my career this is what i'm doing this is my day in day out what were those first couple months first couple years like in those first two jobs okay so um i'll uh i'll explain like with mlb it was an internship and it okay. was um i had done it my junior year too like but you know like it, it's it was through mlb so i had covered the angels my junior year down to the dodgers after my senior year and um, like transitioning over to SI, I think that's where the, I guess like the life balance, you know, discussion really began because I was all the way in New York for the first time ever um, on the other side of the country, not around like any family. Um, I had like a couple friends, luckily, like I had a roommate um, who I lived with and I went to the college or not college, I went to high school with him. So um, there was some type of, you know, small, but there was some type of network that I was able to establish because of that. And it, it was still pretty difficult. I mean, in, in the sense that, you know, you get to choose what you make your, you know, your primary focus at that time. Um, I was excited and enthralled when I first got to SI because, you know, the opportunity, like, again, I saw it as a stepping stone or whatever it was to get to, you know, prominence or like establish myself within my, uh, within my industry. So I was doing everything I could, like my job at its base you know, in its core was really just writing clickbait stories. Like they, they wanted anything that broke, it was breaking news writing. So anything that broke, you write a blurb on it and get it out as quickly as possible. But they allowed you to go out and do feature stories and pitch ideas and stuff like that additionally. So on my nine to five job, which really the hours varied, sometimes you'd work from, you know, like six to two or, you know, five to 1 a.m. Like there, it differentiated, you know, every now and then. So um, like balancing that and then also, you know, trying to find time to, you know, make friends, have fun, um, and establish a life was pretty difficult. Like, I'm not going to lie because, you know, the feature stories and stuff like that, I was a lot of the time I was doing that on my own time. Like that was off the clock work. So, you know, my, and you don't get Saturdays and Sundays specifically off, you know, you're getting like, I think I had Wednesdays and Thursdays off when I first started. I can't remember what I had, but you know, like, it's just random. So it, it was definitely difficult, um, you know, getting used to that and working, you know, odd hours and getting, you know, used to what my job was at the time. But, at, you know, in some ways, like, I preferred the beat writing because I wasn't, you know, beholden to one, you know, specific item. And 
I didn't have to be 24 seven all up in that, if that makes sense. Um, I was able to go home and I would unplug. I would completely unplug. I wouldn't like Slack. You know, I hate Slack. <laughs> I hate Just Slack because, too. You know, <laughs> whenever you hear the, the little uh. chime, like, you know, it has to do with work. So, and, you know, sometimes I got in trouble for it. Like coming back into work, it's like, hey, did you see this on Slack? And it's like, I did not because when I go home, I completely unplug. So it, it was it was a lot in a sense because, um, you know, I was trying to do so much and also – you know, some of it, I just didn't value, you know, like I, I didn't value what was happening, what like horse racing and riding something about, you know, horse tracks being shut down or something like that. Like, don't get me wrong. I definitely think there's an audience and it's important, but that stuff didn't really um, interest me. So I'm kind of glad that I got out when I did, because truth be told, like I was definitely um, burning out like at, of my job at the time. So yeah, it was and, a lot. I mean, SI, I mean, I think as you, you put it before, like getting there, understanding it was a stepping stone too, I think is important. Now, SI isn't quite what it used to be, especially with the uh, acquisition a couple of years ago and then they cut most of their staff. And I don't even really know what exists at SI anymore, to be honest with you. So it's, it's kind of unfortunate to see what was once one of, if not the most prominent sports media outlet in the entire nation kind of turned to what it is. But I think that's a whole other conversation on itself. But it, it's cool that you had the opportunity to go there, to, to work there, to meet people. And, and, you know, as you said, come across the country over here on the East Coast um, and really see what that's like. And it, it almost sounds like, you know, while you did get a lot out of it, uh, it also kind of sucked a little bit, which is probably the best thing for your first job, right? Like you can only go up from here kind of thing. So, you know, after working at SI for a year, what was, I mean, give me a little bit of a timeline. Like when was this right as the athletic was starting to kind of, you know, shake, shake the sports media tree for lack of a better term a little bit and start getting people to say like, Hey, like we're doing some cool stuff over here. Is that how like they attracted you to the opportunity at the athletic or like how, how exactly did that, uh, job come about so Stuart Mandel had actually visited um, our school he was roommates with one of our professors and um, we were in a small um, professional program at the time of about like 10 15 students and Stu came down and spoke with all of us and at the time I think it, this was in like either the second or um, third year of the athletic I can't remember it's 2017 and um, actually it's 2018 spring of 2018 and um there were only 10 of us, but like no one was really asking Stu any questions. I was the only, like, I was into it because I'd seen everyone that they they were hiring. I was like, you mm-hmm. know, one day I want to go work at the athletic because, you know, that's elite journalism. So I was peppering him with all these questions. Apparently he was really impressed. And we started like email correspondence like over the next year. It tailed off when I took the SI job. And then again, like it picked back up. Um, the following year, like just as it was funny, like just as I was burning out of the SI job, like he reached out and SI, like simultaneously my burnout and SI falling apart, um, Stu actually reached out to me and was like, hey, we're like, opening up some college football jobs, like want to talk to you, see if you'd be interested. And so at first, like he offered me four different schools, like that they were prospectively like looking to fill riders at, um, which were like smaller schools. It was West Virginia, Utah, South Carolina. Um, goodness, I can't remember the other one. Um, there, there was another smaller school. I think it was Missouri. I might have already said that. Missouri, West Virginia, Utah, South Carolina. Those four. <laughs> and um, it was funny. Like they filled those four spots up, and like I like he had told me before we got on the call, and so I made like a list of 
like other schools that he might pitch to me if, you know, the interviews had gone well enough because we were having like a penultimate call and he offered me Texas. And at first I'll like, I've been thinking, Hey, if he offers me Texas, I can't take it. It's too big, but he offered me it. So Jokes on you, right? (laughs) That's awesome, dude. And like, what, like, like, that's what I love about the athletic, right? And you know, especially during this pandemic that we've had, they've made a lot more of their uh, the the articles free. Obviously, you know, I've read some of your stuff with with what's going on as well. And it's just, I love the fact, you know, the the one that got me, I think it was Ken Rosenthal. Once I saw Ken Rosenthal go there, I was like, oh, okay, there's there's something here like they're not messing around it's not like they went and got you know some low-level dude no offense to low-level dudes or 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 girls out there or anything but like they went and got ken rosenthal and i'm a very big baseball guy Mm -hmm. and and that kind of meant something to me and once that happened i really started to pay attention a little bit more and then you just see them scoop up and scoop up and scoop up and they just keep grabbing people and it was pretty impressive and you read the articles and they always feel like, as you said, it's elite journalism and it's always a little bit, yeah. just feels like it's a little bit better. You know, it's not that clickbait BS yeah. that we were talking about before, thankfully, because I hate that stuff and it's so frustrating and I see it. I even see it too. And I'm just like, they're going to get me and I click on it. I'm just like, son of a bitch. They got me. They hundred percent got me. The headline <laughs> works. So, so kudos to them. And so moving over to the athletic, like, so n- now I think mm-hmm. this might be an interesting part of the conversation to talk about how easy is it for you to be able to just switch what you're doing, I guess, in in your brain, right? Going from breaking news and trying to write features to now then going to Texas, uh, right? You know, one of the biggest football schools yeah. in the country, you know, and like how easy is it for you to kind of be amoebas in that way, be very fluid and be able to kind of just like, oh, you need me to cover this? All right, I'll just kind of take all these tools and go cover this now. Exactly. So, I mean, like it it was helpful that, you know, back in college, like, you know, I'd focus on Arizona State athletics and, you know, granted, it was still like different sports, but it was solely focused on Arizona State. So the beat writing aspect of it, like, ironically enough, I know I mentioned like it was nice, like having, you know, to just having the scope of sports in general, but it also felt overwhelming, you know, writing seven to eight stories a day, you know, on random stuff that you do not know about, but also being expected to, you know, pick and then write stuff about so it was nice like having a focus beat um and transitioning back over to that because i feel like i can tend to be obsessive over stuff (laughs) and it helps when you're able to focus on just one thing and utilize that kind of skill set and mindset so um it, it wasn't too difficult in the sense that um i guess like as far as like you know taking one skill set and focusing on the other um or focusing into another as far as like writing and doing features and you know, again, like breaking news and reporting, but that's where I was, you know, at a deficit in comparison to, you know, my peers on the beat, um, like Brian Davis, who's been there on the beat for 20 plus years, Kirk Bold's been there for 20 years, you know, Danny Davis has been there for like five or 10 years, uh, Omar Richardson, who's covered the NFL, has been there for five years, and it's already like on the level of um, Brian, so it was definitely difficult, you know, as far as like breaking myself in, and I, I don't think I ever really did, as far as like being a a reporter you know who's going to break stuff you know like i was always like confirming stuff which i mean like i'll pat myself on the back for being being able to do that because it's a really difficult beat but i mean it's it it was really tough just because of the significance of the beat also you had so many eyeballs on you um at the same time but at at the same time if i'm not breaking news there's other people that they can go out to so Mm-hmm. It, it, it kind of sucked in that aspect but I, I think i learned a lot just being able to observe how those people go about you know doing their work 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, that that was going to be my next question. Like, what what were some of those skills, and like, how how were you you able to again and and understanding the media world a little bit? Like, all these guys, none of them worked for the athletic, right? Like, you were the athletic guy there. Yeah. So, like, what is yeah. it like going to some of these other guys and being like, hey, like, teach me so that I can take your job one day? You know what I mean? It's got to be like a weird conversation, but I assume there's some sort of fraternity sorority level um you know acceptance between media members and especially at a place like texas where as you said there's a lot of eyeballs it's one of the biggest college football you know schools in the entire nation hands down and they have their own tv network essentially um so what was that aspect of it like again you're trying to learn from these guys obviously you have to ensure their trust and, and vice versa but how, how did those conversations go especially you know later on into the year that you were there so, I mean, like, I, I've I never really viewed it as, you know, like, I'm trying to take someone's job. Like, I've, I've always had, I don't know why, maybe I'm naive for it, but I've always felt, you know, like, media companies can all coexist and people will go to where they're going to, you know, for different reasons. Like, I was able to find my niche, you know, as being the feature writer. Like, I was writing features that most of these other guys weren't able to write because they're focusing on the breaking news or the day-to-day minutiae stuff. So, that's kind of where I broke in. But as far as, like, you know, them accepting me... It, strangely enough, I was expecting that beat to be, you know, competitive, not just, you know, in a journalistic aspect, but, you know, personally and socially. Like, it wasn't like that at all. Everyone was super, super kind. Um, Chip Brown, Taylor Estes, like, again, Anwar, Brian, all those guys, like, they, they were all super kind. And I would tell them repeatedly, like, it threw me off because I was expecting it to be hostile. You know, like jostling just for, you know, position, mm-hmm. you know, next to for interviews and stuff like it was never like that. You know, people would openly like ask one another, hey, like, do you have like audio that I didn't get or like, hey, this and that. And it was just like very laid back. And I found that very refreshing because, you know, personally, like I mentioned before, like, you know, I'm, I'm always someone who tries to, you know, just be cool for the sake of being cool. And that's how everyone there was. Like Jeff Howell, Jeff Howell, especially from 24-7, like he. He was really good to me, and so was Amar Richardson. Like they, they were, you know, some of the coolest people I think I've ever met on professional beat. So that is awesome. Because yeah, I mean, honestly, from again, from a uh, outsider's perspective, I would assume, especially at a a place like that, it would be much more hostile. I would expect it to yep. be, you know, you guys really fighting for that one soundbite and then not sharing it or keeping that information for yourself and not sharing it. But it's kind of nice to know that even in a place like Texas, uh, it is it is good stuff there. And the, my last question on Texas and. I'm sure I'm not the first person to ask you, but is Texas back, Kalen? Oh, dude, personally, I think that they're in a really good position. Um, you know, the pandemic probably screwed up, like, their plans for, you know, installing everything. But, I mean, they, they run the right coaching staff. I feel like the players that they have, um, they definitely have a real shot. And especially when you consider, like, the rest of the, the Big 12 Conference is kind of down, um, especially when Oklahoma's reloading at quarterback, just lost their best playmaker in C.D. Lamb. So, uh, Texas, I think it, it kind of sucks. Like it's kind of bittersweet because I wish I would have been able to see, you know, how good they'd be this year. Cause I, I think they have one of the better teams in the entire country. You're here to hear first folks. Kalen Jones says Texas is back. First person to ever say that. I think everyone, uh, no, I'm kidding of course. But, uh, so <laughs> unfortunately, uh, you know, the reason why I reached out to you initially was because you did, you were one of the 46, if I'm not mistaken, uh, writers cut from the yeah. athletic just only about a month ago now, maybe even less. Um, what was that like? I mean, you know, as you said, like you, you've, you've coveted this job or at least a job at the athletic for a little while being a little bit higher up on that, you know, journalism chain, we'll call it. How unfortunate, I mean, it sucks. It's, it's the nature of the beast, right? But like, what was that like having that phone call, having that conversation and learning, like only being there for a year, 
you're already getting taken off the job. Um, it, it definitely sucked. Like it, it, I wish it had been a phone call conversation. It, we, oh. we found out, you know, on the same, in the same zoom call, like we, we got a Slack notification early in the day and then we had a meeting with everyone on first thing they mentioned is, Hey, so we're letting go 46 of you guys. Today. So that, that was especially brutal. It was like numbing, but again, like I never really got a chance to immediately process it because you know, I was really fortunate that, you know, people were immediately reaching out with opportunities. So it like literally within like an hour of that news dropping, like people were, were reaching out, which is really cool. Um, but, you know, it was definitely disappointing, like from the, the aspect of, you know, not getting to put your best foot forward, because like, I felt like I was just about to turn a corner as far as like, um, reporting and getting to know people on the beat and kind of, again, like etching, you know, my own niche on, on the beat and my own reporting. So it, that from that aspect, it was very disappointing, but you know, like it ends up being a blessing in the size. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> take, take, a lot of negatives are going to happen. If you can spin them into positives, you're going to, you're going to have a good life. And as we've been talking about this whole time, just be a good person and good things are going to happen. It sounds like if people were reaching out that quickly, you've, you've made a lot of good friends. Um, and I think that part's pretty important. And, and, you know, obviously, as you said, blessing in disguise, you're now at a pretty cool place. As you said, you get to move back to LA, hang out with Bill Simmons and the ringer, Ryan Rosillo. They got a couple of cool dudes over there. Um, you are now going to be a staff writer, mostly covering the NFL. Um, and I guess same, you know, obviously I don't even think you, you, you haven't even technically started yet, correct? No, not till next Monday. <laughs> so, so next Monday. So I'll make sure that this episode drops on Monday just to, uh, that way we have a, a little breaking news of our own kind of maybe, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll learn from you. I'll, I'll keep learning from you, but what, um, I guess what, as you said, you were excited for the beat. You were excited to do that and, and, you know, really turn the corner at Texas. What are you going to be doing? I mean, what is covering NFL news for the ringer look like, or, or what has been, uh, uh presumed on your part? So it, it, it'll be interesting. It's kind of like a hybrid of what I was doing at SI with, you know, what I was doing at uh, The Athletic. So except, you know, it's more like it'll be breaking news, like yesterday with or the other day with the Cam, Cam Newton news, like writing stuff that's, you know, forwarding the narrative um, as opposed to, you know, writing like a blurb that says, hey, Cam Newton is like an AP style blurb, like and just getting it out. Right. As opposed to doing seven of those in one day, like we're going to be doing like, you know, two, three to five stories a week, you know, maybe, you know, just analyzing the league and what's happening. So it, it's kind of more my wheelhouse. And at the same time, I'll still be able to, you know, still do features and pursue stuff on my own that I'm interested in. So there it's, it's a really exciting opportunity because it doesn't just pitch and hold me to solely Texas football. Like this is, you know, the NFL at large plus, you know, any other sports or leagues that I'm really interested in. So I'm excited about that. I love it, man. I think it's fantastic. Obviously, again, you've done some good stuff in your career. I only expect more and more good things to come from it. But uh, Kalen, this was absolutely fantastic. Kalen Jones, staff writer at The Ringer. Where can we all find you on the internet? Um, on Twitter, you can find me at Kalen Jones. It's K-A-E-L-E-N. Um, and yeah, feel free to email me at Kalen Writes. Um, hit me up on LinkedIn, anywhere really. <laughs> man. good stuff this was an absolute pleasure man thank you so much for your time of course bro thanks for having me